Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning. Happy Hump Day, everybody. It is 7.02 in the beautiful city of Tucson today. We are live on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, and we have a jam-packed show for you today, as we always do. It seems like, I mean, tis the season, right? especially right now as we get into October and November, as the NFL continues to truck along college football, of course, moving ever so closer to the playoffs and the end of the season and rivalry week. Uh, And then, of course, we have the Major League Baseball playoffs going on right now. That's huge news. Lots of uh, fireworks last night and yesterday in Major League Baseball, plus the beginning of the NBA season, the NHL season, uh, Kicked off last night as well. Did you did y'all see the? If if you haven't seen it yet, the uh, the the viral video that is circulating of the opening sequence that was played in Las Vegas for the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Seattle Kraken. Of course, the NHL wants to put their two kind of um, new you know new hotness brands on display right away. The Seattle Kraken, of course, very, very popular. Cool name, cool logo, cool colors. City of Seattle's right, you know, behind them is a, a, a sports city that adopts their teams, you know, almost blindly and, um, you know, not a big, not a great sports city to be, to be you know, fair, uh, but they do just blindly go charging into rooting for their teams, which is fine. But if you have not seen the, the viral video of the opening, like the pregame ceremony that went on last night in that uh, in that Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken game, dude, you got to check it out. Like, <laughs> it's, of course, it's Vegas, and we've we've seen some things like this from Vegas before. Some of their some of their opening, um, like the opening video, like the 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 fan hype, you know, kind of thing where they they basically project a movie onto the ice for the fans to watch pregame to kind of get them pumped up. Last night's was. Off the charts cool, and I mean, off the charts cool. It features you know a, a knight clad in golden armor, of course, retreating from a kraken that is broken through the ice, and then plunging his sword deep into the kraken's heart, sending the kraken back into the depths. It, it was it was just cool as hell. Like, <laughs> I wish I wish everyone could experience something like that live. You know, like the um, like the Carolina Panthers. They have, is it the Panthers or the Jaguars? Maybe it's both. I don't know. Technology is getting crazy. Like, they have this giant panther that runs around the stadium and then, like, perches itself up on top of the scoreboard of the stadium. Like, this giant panther. It's uh, it, it's supremely cool. Like, technology is awesome. Um, you know, we do some some technological stuff in, in my business that, that I run you know, day-to-day but nowhere near anything as cool as that kind of stuff. Like, that is top-level, high, high-dollar stuff, which is really cool. And, it, look, uh, you know, fan experience has gotten better because of it, and I'm all for it. So plenty of stuff to get into today. 
Uh, Pac-12 Men's Basketball Media Day is today. Women's Basketball was yesterday. Adia Barnes, Kate Reese, and Sam Thomas repping the uh, the runners-up, the national runners-up yesterday in San Francisco and uh, having a good time doing it. I, I was enjoying the uh, the videos and the pictures that were coming out from the uh, from the media day, the eating of the cupcakes and the dances and the TikToks, and um, it was a lot of fun. Those two, I even tweeted it out last night. You know, if 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 these two, speaking of Kate Reese and Sam Thomas, if they don't make you smile, nothing will. Like they're just a fun, a fun couple of girls, and uh, they have a great time. And look, they're they're fantastic basketball players as well. Don't do not sleep on them uh, in regards to their basketball ability because they will put a dagger in you. And uh, you know, I know that Adia's team wasn't picked to finish tops in the uh, in the in the conference. We talked about it a little bit yesterday when the when the coaches poll came out. As Stanford is the overwhelming favorite, and rightfully so, they are loaded once again, the re- the reigning national champions. Uh, but I, again, I wouldn't sleep on Adia, her staff, and that team either. That is a that is a tough team, um, and we'll see how they bounce back in a year without Ari McDonald going up uh, this year. So we'll, we'll keep a close eye, of course, as we continue on through the season of women's basketball. But men's basketball media day is today. The media slash coaches polls are expected to drop somewhere probably in the next hour or two. Uh, we'll update you as soon as the, whatever, the uh, air quotes, official uh, coaches poll or media poll from Pac-12 Media Day. As much as I loathe those things, I tweeted it out this morning. I'm just going to offer mine. That way it's on the record, and it gives us something to talk about. Um, so we will definitely dive into men's basketball media day. Uh, at some point today, we do have Tyler Drake, uh, Cardinals insider going to be joining us from Arizona sports. We're going to talk Arizona Cardinals football at seven 30, as we do every single Wednesday. We didn't do it last week because I was out. Um, but, uh, we're going to talk with Tyler today as the Cardinals coming off, uh, you know, what was, I think it'll be considered when you look back a big victory for the Cardinals, as they move to 2-0 and in the division, 5-0 and on the season, and a 17-10 victory. And, uh, you know, many call it an ugly victory. Look, it was just a really physical game. The 49ers brought a really physical presence to the football field in Glendale on Sunday, and the Cardinals had to answer, and they did. They got an early turnover, which kind of stemmed the tide a little bit. Um, and then also getting the, the four fourth down stops as Kyle Shanahan continued to try to bang on that door in every way he possibly could to extend drives, keep the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands, which was a smart move. Um, Unfortunately, it cost the 49ers a lot of momentum in that game. Still, 17-10 victory, close-fought victory. We'll talk with Tyler Drake about the Arizona Cardinals. I do have my NFL power rankings ready to go. I've got them ranked here, sitting here looking at them, and I'm still not not happy about it because it's early in the season. You know, here we are. In uh, you know five you know five games in for these teams, still trying to rank how we see them. I, I have my own ideas on how I like to rank them, um, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show as well. But we begin with the Major League Baseball playoffs as uh, they resumed yesterday across the country. Atlanta. I will start with the early game, the Houston and Chicago White Sox game. Look, the Astros. Say what you will about them, you know, formerly cheating team, whatever have you, okay? They're not cheating anymore. At least if they are, they're doing a much better job of hiding it. They just absolutely do not miss fastballs. But you, they just don't miss. And I probably should have recognized that when I was making my predictions for the series. Look, this ended up just being a bad matchup for the White Sox. The White Sox feature a starting lineup, or a starting rotation, rather, of – just 
fastball throws, guys that just that just peg fastballs. They just that's just what they do. They're just you know they're a very volume fastball team. Their bullpen is full of fastball throwers, and the Astros hit fastballs better than any any team in the majors. And they did yesterday to the tune of ten runs. That game was over in the third inning as the Astros were just pounding the ball, um, and the White Sox waved the white flag early. And uh, that one ends up in a 10-1 win for the Astros. The Astros move on to the American League Championship Series where they will face the Boston Red Sox. And, look, this is going to be a very different series than what we're going to see in the National League. This is going to be kind of like old-school American League versus old-school National League viewing. It depends on what your what your preference is. Because in that Red Sox-Astros series, those games are going to be 9-7, 10, 8, 11, you know, 7, you know, those those are going to be the run totals in in those games. Those are just two lineups that just absolutely rake. And look, a starting rotation, you know, the Astros feature, they got McCullers, who's really good, but after that, they've struggled in the rotation. We know the Boston Red Sox have struggled all throughout. Their bullpen is terrible. They don't care. They just keep hammering the ball. And uh, Bobby Dalbeck has been getting some, some PT there for them. Look for him to get some more PT in the ALCS. Very excited for him. Such a good player. Um, they've been really talking highly of him on the, on the broadcasts uh, during this postseason, and rightfully so. He is a spectacular talent. The Atlanta Braves use a line drive Freddie Freeman home run, and I mean Freddie jumped all over this ball, as only Freddie Freeman can, you know, showing just what an elite hitter that he actually is as he hits the solo shot in a 4-4 game to give the Braves the go-ahead run in the bottom of the eighth inning, just smoked it, just kind of inside-outed a fastball that was on the inner half of the plate, and he just turned on it and crushed it. Um, What an absolute wonderful piece of hitting by Freddie Freeman. And then they come in and close the door. Uh, Will Smith comes in and closes the door on the Milwaukee Brewers in uh, in the top of the ninth. Now, Freddie Freeman's home run came off of Josh Hader, now, just to give you a little bit of insight on how rare something like that is, first of all, Josh Hader, a left-hander, and Freddie Freeman, a left-hander. The last time that Josh Hader gave up a home run to a left-hander was September of 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. And the dude only gave up one home run since July 24th this season. He was unhittable. For the Milwaukee Brewers, I think he had, what, 20 consecutive saves for them at some point this season? Uh, one of the most dominant closers in the game this year. And Freddie got him. The uh, the former MVP just turned on one and won the game for the for the Braves. So they move on after a 3-1 series win, as I predicted. I predicted five games. I predicted every series to go five games. That's just kind of what I do in the uh, the DS series, unless there's a huge like a huge mismatch, which I should have noticed uh, in the Houston series, but I didn't. Regardless, the Atlanta Braves move on. Kind of an upset, I think, in a lot of people's minds. A lot of people had Milwaukee penciled in as a uh, uh, as a as a World Series team. I called. I talked about it in my preview of the series. Right, Devin Williams, the the uh, the, the reliever that broke his hand going into the uh, the end of the season. There, that was going to play huge. And if Colton Wong didn't hit in the leadoff spot, which he did not, the Milwaukee Brewers were going to struggle to score runs, and they did. So the Braves moving on to the uh, the NLCS. They await the winner of tomorrow night's game between the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers because last night in L.A. it was a hit parade for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I talked about this 
Um, I don't believe I talked about it on the air as much as I did with some of my friends and fellow Giants fans uh, that I talked to. I was very concerned when manager Gabe Kapler, who will win the, the, the Major League Manager of the Year, and he should. It's a team that was picked to finish 500 maybe, uh, ended up with the Major League Baseball's best record. Gabe Kapler opted for Anthony DiSclefani on his starting rotation as opposed to Johnny Cueto. Now, normally that would be fine. Anthony DiSclefani had a fine season this year. He had 180 innings pitched against uh, Major League foes and had an ERA of 2.37, which is fantastic. However, I'm leaving a few innings off of the total innings pitched list because those are the innings that he pitched against the Los Angeles Dodgers. This season against the Dodgers, now in the regular season, not counting last night, Anthony DiScalfani pitched two and two-thirds innings and gave up ten earned runs to the Dodgers. Not a good matchup. Obviously not a good matchup because last night he was equally as bad. Goes an inning and two-thirds, gives up five hits, two earned runs. They were crushing the ball off of him. Thankfully, the defense was keeping the Giants in the game because there were bases loaded at times. Lamont Wade makes a, a great catch over the shoulder. Look, it was it was it it was really close to being ugly. I felt like it was should have been like seven to nothing when it was only two to nothing. Um, it was a bad choice by Gabe Kapler, and it cost them, and it may cost them the series because now the series is going to go back to San Francisco, and the Dodgers are going to put Julio Urias on the mound, who the Giants have not beaten ever ever, and the Giants are going to counter with Logan Webb, who had one of the most historically good outings ever in the history of postseason baseball. So it should be a good one tomorrow in San Francisco. That game will uh, first pitch at 6 o'clock. You can hear it right here on ESPN Tucson immediately following Spears and Ali. So that's going to be super exciting. Logan Webb versus Julio Rios. And, man, I was talking about last night with my buddies. I'm like, we're flirting with disaster here. This is this is just flirting with disaster to put DiSclefani out there. It should have been Cueto. And my Dodger buddies were like, thank God Cueto didn't pitch. I'm like, shut, shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. Leave me alone. I'm angry right now. So Gabe Kapler making a decision and uh, may end up costing the Giants this series and a possible chance at a championship. Because, look, playing the Braves in the the CS, we know they're not going to the World Series because they never do. So, (laughs) historically, the Braves never go to the World Series. Twelve consecutive trips to the postseason without a World Series, uh, without a World Series berth. That ties the all-time Major League record set by the Oakland Athletics over a period of time of like 30 years. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return... I'll start to talk some Pac-12 men's basketball as media day is today. We'll be getting into some of that. And then, of course, Tyler Drake, Cardinals insider, going to be joining us at 730. Week 6 is here, and it features a hard-hitting Thursday night matchup between the Bucks and the Eagles. And FanDuel Sportsbook is about to make it even more exciting because FanDuel is giving new customers 30-1 to odds on either team to win. That means that you can start your NFL week right by winning 150 bucks on a $5 bet. $5 bet can get you 150 bucks. Now, the defending champs, of course, the Buccaneers, have got a target on their back, so they'd better be ready for a fight. And the Eagles have been game in most of their matchups this season because anything can happen on Thursdays. We've talked about it here on the show plenty of times. So feel free to explore all of the wager markets for this game, such as money line, the over-under, individual yardage, individual scores, and a whole lot more because 
That's what FanDuel offers. They offer multiple markets, SGPs. You look for them all. You can find them all right there. And it's just one of the many reasons why I love betting the NFL on FanDuel as America's number one rated sportsbook app. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get fast payouts, which I discussed yesterday. It's betting made simple. Always hooking you up with great offers and promotions. Plus, when you win, you get paid in as few as 24 hours. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just sign up with the promo code DEAN. That's my last name, D-E-A-N, before Tampa takes on Philly tomorrow night. You could win $150 on just a $5 bet, but you got to use the promo code DEAN, otherwise it won't register. So because they got to know that I'm the one that sent you the, promo, the promotion that, uh, that gives you that 30-to-1 boost, okay? Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over and present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit is required. Must wager in designated offer markets. Max bonus is $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More after this on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Join us for the Tucson Classics Car Show, presented by the Rotary Club of Tucson. It's taking place this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Gregory School, which is located on Craycroft between River and Fort Lowell. Uh, You can enjoy over 400 beautiful classic cars. They'll also be raffling off a 2021 C8 Corvette Stingray, which are absolutely badass, or $50,000 cash, among other great prizes that are going to be there. And it's fun for the whole family and, of course, great for the community of Tucson. You can get tickets and get more information at ESPNTucson.com. It's the Tucson Classics Car Show presented by the Rotary Club of Tucson. Don't miss it. Should be a good time for you car lovers out there. Uh, Benedict Matherin and Azulis Tubelis is going to be on the Pac-12 Network today representing Pac-12 men's basketball uh, for Arizona, uh, Arizona basketball with Tommy Lloyd. Also, of course, he'll be there uh, as the head coach is always there. And I'll be offering my uh, my particular poll, I guess. I guess I can – well, I don't want to go through it now. I don't have a whole lot of time because we're going to get Tyler Drake on here in just a few minutes, so I can't get this thing started and then transition to NFL. But um, I do want to talk about Pac-12 Media Day a little bit. It's it's always – you know, it's always a fun kind of momentous jumping-off point to the season. And I'm so I, – I, I can't even express to you folks just how – excited I am for this year like last year just sucked (laughs) I mean on so many levels it sucked not having fans in McHale Center was the weirdest thing ever it people ask me all the time like what was it like what was it like I'm like it was really strange I you know during the game you're kind of you're in the moment you're calling the game you're making sure that you're treating it like you normally would without the fans in place there but you can hear everything that's going on. And we were piping in crowd noise and things like that. And uh, my boy Austin Queck did an amazing job of working the DJ uh, the DJ booth as far as that goes, as far as, like, when to bring in the crowd noise, when to bring it up, when to bring it down, when to, you know, excite the crowd and stuff. So it gave the players a little bit of an atmosphere to play in. Because if you're playing in this gigantic arena, a 15,000-seat arena, with nobody in it and no sound, that's going to be just a, an ominous feeling for those young men. So we were able to set some kind of a tone for them, but it was just so weird. Like, 
you know, standing there and, and you know, the way we had it set up, we didn't have it set up like a traditional uh, scores table like we normally do where I'm running the floor. I was all the way up against the back wall, and they had pushed the bleachers back. So, like, the first like the first seven or eight rows or whatever were pushed back. So, it, it was just a weird sensation, weird way to, to watch basketball and call a game. It was it was almost like it was almost like just being at a at, at a at a live scrimmage or like an invitational kind of like closed practice kind of thing but 23 times. It was it was so bizarre. Um so look I'm very very thankful to have fans back in the McHale Center this year and look folks I I, I can't tell you enough how exciting I can't express enough how exciting this season's going to be the product that's going to be on the floor for Arizona this year. It's just come out and see it. <laughs> I, that's the best I can do. Like you, you, you just gotta, you just gotta come see it because Tommy Lloyd is going to have a very, very fan-friendly type of pace to the game. A very exciting fan-friendly style of basketball. It's very up and down. In conversations that I've overheard with him talking with the players, it's like, look, just if you get a good shot, take it. Don't don't worry about it. If it's a good shot, take it. Don't take bad shots. If you get a good shot, take it. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to run the offense for 19 seconds before we get to that good shot or anything. Just just go. And he wants them to go fast. And he was screaming at him during the red blue game. You got to go faster. You got to go faster. We, we must go faster. It sounds like like Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. It's a very exciting product. The team is going to be very good and better than I think a lot of people think that they are, and I'll lay that out when I do my uh, my own personal poll for Pac-12 Men's Basketball Media Day. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll be joined by Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports. He's our Arizona Cardinals insider. We'll talk some Cardinal football looking back at uh, Sunday's win over the 49ers and what we can expect to see this weekend as they take on the Cleveland Browns. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. It's Wednesday. It's 730, which means it's time to talk Arizona Cardinal football with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports, as he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler. Good morning. Welcome to the show, man. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. It's always a nice feeling when uh, you can walk outside and you're not in- instantly sweating. So I'm loving the weather right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. A little cool down last night. Of course, it's going to start going back up again because it's Arizona. But, hey, we'll take it. I got to bust out the hoodie last night for a moment. I was like, oh, man, I got to pick out a hoodie to wear around tonight. This is going to be nice. <laughs> yeah, I got the long sleeves on right now. It's feeling good. a <laughs> boy. Hey, let's let's talk about the game on Sunday because you know I, I know a lot of people call it ugly. I just call it you know football. I mean, the the 49ers came in with a very physical mentality. They said you know we're going to try to make this game a physical slugfest. We're going to test your metal, and the Cardinals responded and they were able to fight back. And there were some big plays in that game where there were some massive collisions at the goal line, collisions at midfield, collisions in the backfield where the Cardinals maybe ended up on the short end of the stick, but when the, uh, when the dust had settled after 60 minutes of football, they ended up with the W. What do you, what do you attribute to this win the most, uh, you know, of, of any of the aspects of what you saw on Sunday? 
You know, I think just uh, I, I think they went into this matchup just you know ready to face the NFC West team that you know always gives them that game. They they always seem to have one of those games where it's just going to be one of those gritty games that you're going to have to really grind out a win. And and all week that's what they kind of said. They you know they knew what kind of test the Niners were going to bring even with a rookie. So uh, yeah, you know they they stepped up. Isaiah Simmons did really well uh, with that goal line stand that you mentioned. Uh, huge hit there, sold out completely. Zayvon Collins with another uh, solid hit, too, to, to force the uh, turnover on downs on a fourth and two and, and got Lance right there, only got a yard on him. So, you know, I think just they, they kind of went in knowing it was going to be one of these, you know, tested battles. The opening drive for the 49ers, a lot of people were watching because it was Trey Lance's first opportunity to get a start. Um, he looked a little juiced up in that particular situation. He stepped into one and overthrew Debo Samuel by about six yards, and the ball ended up right in the hands of, of Buda Baker, uh, turning into an interception on the very first series, which I think kind of, and I don't want to say set the tone for the game, but I do believe that it helped the Cardinals more immensely than just getting the ball back because, in my opinion, after watching the play calling uh, for the rest of that game, it looked like Kyle Shanahan did not want to put did not want to put Trey Lance in that situation again. What were your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think the 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 name of their game was trying to get Lance to to beat him with his legs more than his arm. And and to be honest, I think if he had a couple more games under his belt, he might not throw that interception right away. Yeah. I think it's just you know he's he's that green, and you throw him in there, he's gonna he's gonna make mistakes, and that was a huge one. I mean, he looked like he was settling in there. He had a couple good runs, and then all of a sudden, just boom, it was over. And, and, yeah, that, that really did kind of just flip the momentum, and there wasn't really much going back the other way. Well, there wasn't anybody within about six yards of Debo, so it was understanding, you know, understandably why uh, Trey was a little bit excited to gun that ball in there. He just, you know, as we've seen from rookie quarterbacks, you know, they just get a little, a little antsy, and, and uh, the ball sails on them, and it happens to, you know, happens to the best of them. And, um, we'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with Trey throughout. But, um, and I think, the, I think the Cardinals will see him again at some point down the road because Jimmy G just continues to get hurt from season to season. Now, the Cardinals – you know, looking at them, they were a little, well, I shouldn't say a little, they were a lot beat up coming into this game. They uh, were, We knew they were going to be without Byron Murphy earlier on in the week, and then they lost the rookie uh, corner also right before the game. They announced that he was not going to play. So the Cardinals were going out there with basically a three-man secondary, including our boy Jace Whitaker, who played at the U of A. Uh, talk about the play of the secondary in the game. Yeah, you know, that was a, that was a topic that a lot of guys talked about. They They came in, they stepped up, and I mean, they, there was no uh, no touchdowns through the air, so I mean, you got to take that as a win, and especially with that, you know, it was, it was a patchwork patchwork uh, cornerback room, and and with three of them especially, that's still really thin, and for them to not get injured and, and you know play to the level that they played, that just speaks volumes to the depth that they have there. Also, you got to give credit to Vance Joseph for uh, you know finding ways to scheme. Uh, the ball away from the weaknesses and things like that. I thought that I thought that he called a really nice game, even though the 49ers are a team that's beat up offensively without George Kittle, obviously without Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and without one of their starting offensive linemen. They were you know they were beat up as well and on their fourth string running back for the season. So, but I thought Vance Joseph uh, deserved uh, uh, a defensive game ball, if you will, for that particular setup. Yeah, yeah. You know, it seems every week he uh, that's. There's always a player or two that's saying it's great. Uh, had another great game plan, and and it's almost like it's on a record now because it's just always happening every week. And 
And yeah, you know, I think every that just shows you everyone's bought into the defense. Everybody's, you know, just that close, tight knit group that they keep talking about. Tyler, the defense really stepped up, and it wasn't just in you know between the twenties, but it, a lot of times in the NFL, the difference between winning and losing is how you play in certain situations. Speaking specifically of third down conversion rate, fourth down conversion rate, the 49ers seemed absolutely just convinced that they were not going to be wanting to give the ball back to Ty- to Kyler Murray, and, and rightfully so, which is why they attempted four or a five fourth down conversions in the game. The Cardinals were able to turn them back on four of those five fourth down plays, which really swung the momentum. It, it's a huge momentum swing to get a fourth down stop anyway, but when you continue to try to open that door and the defense continues to slam it shut, that had to be a real tone setter for the Cardinals on Sunday. Oh, yeah, and, and that was my biggest takeaway. Is it, it, the Niners didn't really have that much trouble moving the football, but as soon as they got into that fourth, third, fourth down, they, they just could not get it going, and and, you know, usually a defense will get a little uh, discouraged when somebody's keeping going for fourth down because usually the, they're, they're going to pick up more than one. And, and for them to get one for, one for five on fourth down conversions, it's huge. I mean, that's, that dictates the game right there. And I also think it, it wasn't talked about as much, but I think Robbie Gold not being out there was another factor yeah. because some of those, they, they might have been able to kick a longer field goal Instead, they decided to go for it because they had Sly as their, as their kicker and decided to just say, hey, let's just go for it. Our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports, joining us right here on the Jeff Dean Show. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports. I'm going to pose a question to you, and I want you just to kind of react and see what, see what you think about this. Aside from Kyler Murray, okay, we, we, we remove him from the conversation because he's the obvious MVP of this team so far through five games. I gotta, I'm going to give a vote to J.J. Watt. The guy just continues to go out there and play down after down after down. He's been involved in a ton of plays this year, and I know the statistics don't show it because he's only got like 10 or 11 tackles on the season, but he was a handful against the 49ers on Sunday, and he's been a real problem for teams. They've had to double-team him on so many occasions because he is just so good at what he does, and he's staying healthy. I think he's he's got to be considered as one of the defensive, if not the, you know, the, the MVP of the team, if you're not named Kyler Murray. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely there. Just with this veteran presence is just everything, man. He brings it on and off the field. He's just that guy that you want to have in your locker room first and foremost. And then, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it's not exactly showing up on the stat sheet like everybody thought it might've, but you can see he's, he's, he's uh, messing up a lot of offenses and a lot of offenses plans because, of how he plays and just his constant, you know, 110% motor that's going constantly. Like, I mean, he had a, he had probably his best game as a Cardinal this last week, and, it, and there's still a lot more he could do, I think. Yeah. You know, Pro Football Focus has him rated as the seventh defensive lineman in the NFL right now, number seven. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's about <laughs> where he's playing at. I, I mean, top yeah. five would probably work, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he, it's just, it's remarkable to me. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought it was a waste of the Cardinals' time to bring him in. I just didn't think that he was going to be on the field enough to warrant the type of money that they were giving him when the, the roster needed so many other positions, had so many other positions of need. And it, it's showing up glowingly for Steve Kime as he has kind of resurrected his career so far in the first five games here. I'm talking about Steve Kime because of the, his ability to bring in free agents that continue to work. 
Yeah, and and I mean, I would add, I'd also add the rookies he drafted too this year. Sure. I mean, they're 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 contributing. Yeah, for sure. That catch that Rondell Moore made on the sideline, I, I still, I don't <laughs> know how he got that toe down. I don't know how he caught oh, the no, ball. I, I don't either. It's like he had go-go gadget arms or something. He's only 5'8". I don't know how he got the ball. Yeah, yeah. I was actually uh, – I was talking to uh, my buddy Dave Burns from the station, and he said uh, – <laughs> I was I was like, man, it's like Kyler's throwing it to Kyler. It's just – I mean, they're just so – both of them are so yeah. dynamic that as soon as you get the ball in one of their hands, they're just going to just take off and, and run. Big loss for the Cardinals, though, in the game. Tight end Max Williams, who we, we didn't know what to expect out of him at the beginning of the season, but he's been performing. He's got several touchdowns. He's played extremely well. Uh, he's found himself wide open because of the, the dangerous wide receiving core that the Cardinals have. Uh, he obviously goes out. What's what's the update on Max Williams and, and a replacement for him? Well, we haven't, we didn't really get an update from Cliff on Monday, but, you know, uh, I'm sure you saw Ian Rappaport's tweet that they're fearing he's going to be lost for the season. Yeah. Injury didn't look good at all. Really, really rough. I mean, he got carted off. The whole team went out to the other side of the field to to wish him off. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't look good. And then they just signed Richard Rodgers to the uh, practice squad yesterday. So there's that, too. So I, I think they're, they're, they're planning for the, uh, for the worst on that one. Chandler Jones test positive for uh, for COVID. The COVID protocol for the Arizona Cardinals pretty typical. What's the what's the latest on Chandler Jones? Yeah, you know, I think it's just going to be uh, waiting to see if he gets those two negative tests. Uh, I think what is it, twenty four hours apart for yeah. so he could play for Sunday. But you know, it's uh, it's just a waiting game. It's I mean, Darrell Daniels, I, he just got activated off the COVID list, and he's been on it for for quite a while. So it uh, just kind of depends on when you're going to get those negative tests, really. Update us on the corners. Marco Wilson, the rookie, Byron Murphy, the uh, you know the standout corner this year for the Cardinals. Neither of those guys played on Sunday. What's their outlook for this week against the Browns? You know, uh, I think today will be a, a a good look to see where they're at if they're if they're even out on the practice field today. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, nothing, 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 nothing new to report on those guys right right now. Okay. Anything else otherwise as far as, like, injury no, injury news or uh, guys that are coming back or guys that surprisingly didn't uh, didn't practice uh, this week? No, I mean, the big one to really uh, watch, you know, obviously Max is a, is a tough loss if they do lose him, but, sure. the, but another huge one would be Rodney Hudson. Uh, he's, he went down too, and, you know, we don't really know much on him yet either, so if we see him out on the practice field, that's a good sign at least. But, uh, yeah, that's up in the air, and that's, that'll be a big loss if he can't go this week. Tyler, what was the discussion about, you know, in the, in the game, uh, Buda Baker goes into, um, or I'm sorry, was it, it was Isaiah Simmons. He went into to concussion protocol, right? Was it Buda Baker or was it Isaiah Simmons? I get those two so mixed up because they're so, they're so similar. Uh, yeah, Isaiah went in after he had that, had that huge hit on Trey. That's right. It was the goal line. Goal. That's right. What was the what was the discussion there? Because a lot of times when you see guys go into a concussion protocol on the sidelines, often they take their helmet from them and they do not return. What was the discussion there uh, amongst the team? Did that did that get addressed in the uh, in the press conference? No, I'm sure we'll probably get a little bit better of an answer today, though. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, it was kind of a yeah. Usually, whenever they go in that blue tent and head to the locker room and you hear concussion, that's usually not a sign that they're coming back, but. Uh, yeah, I uh, guess they they cleared him and he was back. They had a lot of they had a lot of guys going in and out though. It was uh, they, they, the fact that they got through that game with the win and with the injuries that they had is is pretty uh, pretty impressive. And finally, I want to talk to you about the rookie Zayvon Collins, the uh, the first round pick. 
they continue to work him into the defense more and more, getting him more reps, more snaps. He played a lot of snaps and had some big plays in the game, and he is moving himself up the chart as far as impact players on that defense right now. What are they saying about Zayvon Collins there at, at Cardinal Camp? Yeah, you know, Vance, uh, that's, that was a question all week that we asked. You know, Isaiah Simmons said it's nothing personal to him. You know, he's, he's going to get his work. It's just the packages that he's in and how the game flow is. And that's exactly how Vance said it, too. And, and they said, you know, he's, he's in the base package a lot. But with how the games have been going, they've had to switch things up and go different ways. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of thought that he might be getting a little more run this week just because the Niners are such a run first team and with a rookie quarterback that they want to run, he's going to get a lot, a lot, and a lot of, uh, a lot more snaps. And that's what happened. And, and he, you know, he had a couple plays where they stood out and made some play or made some good, good, uh, mental moves to get it done. And, and yeah, you know, that's all you can ask for with the rookie. He's still, you know, still progressing. He's still not in there every down. It's that's Jordan Hicks spot for now. And, and, but, uh, it sounds like he's not getting discouraged. So, you know, they're talking him and JJ Watt always talk, him and Isaiah always talk, and you know, he's just trying to stay locked in and, and doing the things he can do. Well, the Cardinals take on the Cleveland Browns won't be an easy task for the Cardinals as of course the Browns one of the most talented teams in the league, both off both offensively and defensively. They're gonna have to contend with that uh, that pass rush and of course that explosive offense could be fun fireworks on Sunday for the Cardinals and Browns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, as much as I thought the Rams game was going to be their, their biggest test this might how, with how the Browns are playing, this is, this is right up there with it. So uh, a lot of run, a lot of running, uh, running backs that know how to run, and, and Baker's not too bad throwing the ball. So it'll be, uh, it'll be, I think there'll be some fireworks in this one for sure. Speaking real quick, because I, I, you, you mentioned the running backs, Chase Edmonds, man, I mean, I guess he needs to get in the end zone now, but he is running the ball extremely well. What do you attribute that to? I think it's just, you know, that mentality. He's taken over, and, and he's no longer the guy that's the second fiddle. He's, he's right there alongside Connor as, as, as what they said all offseason. They, they both view themselves as RB1s, and that's basically how they're splitting time is as an RB1. And, you know, yeah, he, I think he still leads the team in, in receptions. So that's pretty crazy, too, to see wow. a running back leave the team with DeAndre Hopkins still uh, like on the team. But – uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure if that's still the case after week five, but I know entering week five, he was the lead man in receptions. And then James Conner, I mean, it's, now it seems almost inevitable when you're getting into the goal line, he's going to score a touchdown. And that's, that's huge. I mean, the less wear and tear you put on Kyler Murray's legs, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Something that maybe the Baltimore Ravens may want to look into is Lamar Jackson continues oh, to yeah. take hits there for the Ravens, so for, for John Harbaugh. So, all right, Tyler, well, enjoy the the rest of your week. We'll uh, continue to watch the stories coming out of uh, Cardinal Camp leading up until the the Cleveland Browns game this Sunday. And, then, of course, we'll talk to you again next week, same time, same channel. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I'll talk to you then. All right, brother, take care. That's Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He is our Cardinals insider. We talk to him every Wednesday here at 730 on the Jeff Dean Show. If you're looking for a good follow for Cardinals information, at TDrake4Sports. That's at TDrake4Sports. Follow him. If you're a Cardinal fan or if you're just an NFL fan and need to get some news and notes on the teams around, specifically the local teams, He's a great dude to follow on Twitter, and, of course, uh, we feature him every Wednesday at 7.30 here on the Jeff Dean Show. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, 
We will begin to transition into the NFL Power Rankings. I have my NFL Power Rankings here. We'll start laying that out. I have my top 16 teams uh, as it stands right now in the NFL heading into week number six. Some you may agree with, some you may disagree with, but that's the fun of it. More after this on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The making strides against breast cancer walk is going to look a bit different this year because instead of a walk, we're going to go for a cruise in our vehicles. It's the making strides against breast cancer caravan. Sunday morning, October 24th at 8 a.m. The event is, of course, to raise awareness and funds to save lives from breast cancer. To get more information on how you can be a part of this event or just to make a donation, go to ESPNTucson.com and uh, let's support the fight against breast cancer. Arizona Cardinals taking on the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Um, If I'm looking at the early line, the Browns are favored by three points in that game. Uh, The over-under, 49.5, which, you know, essentially says that, you know, they think that the Browns may, you know, win that game by a score of 27, 24, 26, 23, something, somewhere, you know, somewhere around there, basically. I think there's going to be more points scored than that, personally. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm buying into the fact that these are two high-powered offenses and uh, kind of discounting their uh, their defensive abilities. But, I mean, when you look at the matchup, you look at offensively, you've got the number five and the number six rated offenses in the league. The Browns fifth in the league at 417 yards a game. The Cardinals, who took a step back against the Niners, are 413 yards per game. The Cardinals average 31.5 points per game. The, uh, the Browns average 28.5 points per game. So we know they're going to score. Uh, both teams can run the football, although the Cardinals at 128 yards per game far behind the league's leading rushing team in the Cleveland Browns at 187.6 yards per game. Um, and then you've got, of course, the Baker Mayfield versus Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma you know, quarterback return, the fight, you know, all that stuff. And um, So there's, there's a lot of storylines in this game. I think it's going to be one of the marquee games of the weekend. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Of course, you've got two of the better teams, um, If you know, and I'll go through my, my power rankings here in a bit, but, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, these are two top ten teams in my power rankings. I don't know where you've got them, but obviously the Cardinals are up there five and zero, and then the Browns are uh, lurking in the top ten as well. So should be a good matchup. Looking ahead just to this weekend, real quick uh, before we go to break. Remember that we'll take a break. It's just a quick little break at the top of the hour, and then we come right back uh, at the top of the eight o'clock hour, which we'll start with the NFL power rankings. You know, Thursday night there's a weird trend going on in the NFL for this week. Um, there are four teams on the bye. The teams are on the bye are, are the, the Falcons, the Saints, the Jets, and the Niners all on the bye this week. Good good week for the Niners to have a bye because both of their quarterbacks are out. Um, there's a weird trend. Road teams are big favorites this week in the NFL. So this could be a weekend for you to make hay on betting home dogs if you're someone that likes to bet home dogs. Starting on Thursday night, the Buccaneers are a seven-point favorite on the road in Philly. The Dolphins are a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Jacksonville. Uh, down in, Of course, that's not a huge road game. There will probably be more Dolphins fans or will be Jaguars fans there, so that's not a big deal. Um, the Chiefs are a seven-point favorite at Washington. The Rams are a ten-and-a-half-point favorite at the Giants. The Packers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at the Bears. The Bears find themselves at three-and-two all of a sudden. 
the Cowboys are a four-point favorite in New England. And then on Monday night, the Buffalo Bills, who have just been trouncing teams lately, are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Tennessee. So there's a lot of big-point spreads in favor of the road team in this particular uh, this particular week. So maybe somewhere for you to look. Um, I know FanDuel Sportsbook has got some some great promos and stuff going on right now. Maybe looking for some for some home dogs to uh, to ride this week. Um, I'll be looking to make a bounce back from last week because my last week wasn't very good. I'll be honest with you. I got my lock of the week, and I'll have my lock of the week on Friday for you, along with my Friday Five. And the lock of the week will continue to perform. And I have an idea of where I'm going to go. I'm just not ready to commit yet, so I'm going to wait and see, watch the uh, the injury wire, get a feel for what's going on out there, and then make my decision then. But uh, tomorrow night's game could be interesting. Tampa Bay and Philly. Philly's been game this year. They've, they've given a fight to all the teams that they've played. And it uh, could be an interesting uh, interesting proposition if you're looking to uh, chalk up with a, uh, a home dog tomorrow night, Philadelphia on a Thursday night game. All right. Still got one hour to go. Remember, just a quick, quick turnaround here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Be back. We'll come back with some NFL power rankings. I still have my media poll or my personal poll for Pac-12 Men's Basketball Media Day and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Still one hour to go here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD for Tucson.